Uh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Grinders Live here on Roto Grinders. Uh, hopefully, you saw those sweet pictures we had pre-show of me doubling my entries in a GPP and Grant giving you some sexy looks. Uh, those were from our Roto Grinders party. Uh, Grant, for, first we got a rip on Mangone, right? So the dude, right? He plays so much Fortnite on his computer, it overheated and computer broke on him. So thanks for filling in for him, buddy. And let, let's let's rip on Mangone for a second here. I have an extra computer here. Look at that. Maybe he can use it. I have five extra computers. Um, yeah, the I, FBI I, would love your house, Grant. Huh? <laughs> the FBI would love to come search your house. Oh, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Getting through my encryptions, which is just a four-number password. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Grinders Live. We're gonna have some fun today. We got four games. We'll we'll go through them all a little differently. We'll talk some DraftKings. We'll talk some FanDuel. I might talk some tournament rules for you. We'll talk some cash. We got a lot of fun stuff going on. But uh, Grant, Grant first. So uh, I got married, right? And you know what? You know what marriage means for a self-employed full-time DFS player. Health insurance. It means health insurance. You are correct. So I went to the dentist today for the first time in a long time. Uh, guess how many? So I'm 39 years old. Grant, you know my diet, right? Guess how many cavities I have? Uh, zero. Correct. You 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 took the tone of it. A big fat zero. My entire life, no cavities. Uh, so that so that was fun going to it. You you got any fun? Uh, you know, I was just excited to go to the dentist. I hadn't been in a while. You got any fun dentist stories? Last January, I went to the dentist for the first time since college. So like seven years, eight years, I don't even know anymore. Um, and I go there, I'm like, shoot, this is going to be terrible. This is going to be bad. I go Because I do not treat my teeth great. And I go in there, he's like, you have perfect teeth. You have won the genetic lottery. <laughs> that was it. This is, yeah, it's like me. No, I'm over here eating sugar, fast food, Arby's, right? And you're, you're sort of the same thing. Whatever whatever comes on Postmates, Grant Wolf's that down, right? And and here we are with good, with good teeth, right? Lucky lucky dudes. Yeah, nothing matters except for genetics. So don't bother treating your body or your health great, guys. <laughs> I, I can, uh, you know, like these little small wrists I have, right? No matter how many curls I do, they stay the same size. Do oh, the, my do wrists are double jointed. Oh, well, let's see. Let's, what do you got there? Can, can you uh, maybe you can beat uh, our our clapper, our, our clapper guy here? Can you beat the world record because of that? No, no, no I don't. Uh, even, I don't even. That, there's a clapping world record. Yeah, it's uh, owned by. Uh, oh man, I forgot his name. Devin, give it to me in my ear. Who's who's got the clapper record? Eli, Eli, yeah, he put together. He's the guy that handled all your roto grinders parties. Yeah, I know. So. I met him on. I met him over the RG party. Nice guy. Yeah, Good he's guy. the you didn't know he's the Guinness World Record holder for fastest clapper. I did not know that, but that's a great thing to have. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's amazing. So uh, anyway, guys, let's talk some NBA in just a second. Uh, first thing, uh, there's nothing free today. Maybe tomorrow. Tomorrow, maybe the Roto Grinders gods. They told me tomorrow there might be some free stuffs. But anyway, right, click that like on YouTube. Let us know you like the show behind the scenes over there, and also. Uh, let's talk about the sharp side contest. Grant, we both had what we feel is like the nut sharp side play of the day, right? So if you get a couple, I think it's up to five lock bets on sharp side in a row, we start giving you some free cash over on FanDuel, uh, I believe, on that. And the one we came up today, right, I had this one picked before you, so you were a copycat of me. Um, I put mine in three hours ago. So Three hours ago? All right. So so maybe you had it before me before you we were on the show 
Uh, but Anthony Davis points tonight, right? So let's. I'm going to pull up Anthony Davis on screen here, and I think the over was at 28 and a half. Uh, so, so why don't you tell me why you like it? I'll tell the people why I like it too. I think it's one of the better bets you can make on Sharp Sun today. I mean, it's going up against uh, the Warriors. It's the they have the highest implied total on the board. Davis without LeBron, obviously, run court IQ. For just 33 minutes, 33 points per 36 minutes. We can expect even if the game blows out, he's going to be the main part of it. And if it doesn't blow out, then he's going to get enough minutes to easily hit that number. It's just one of the best props I found on the board there. He's going for over 30, and like he's just the entirety of the offense for the most part. Yeah, what I found too is his fantasy production. You take LeBron off the court, you'd think I was looking at the rebound prop, and his rebounds basically don't budge with LeBron off the court. It's almost all points. The fantasy production obviously gets a big boost, but it's six actual real-life points more per 36. So you add that on. I think that's a pretty good bet on sharp side today. So if you're looking for a for a quick and easy lock, me and Grant both like that one. Feel free to venture into anything that you want, totals, props, uh, all that type of stuff is on sharp side and start winning yourself some free money over there. And also, I was going to talk to man going on this. Apparently, I don't know if you saw this, there's going to be some live bet show coming up soon between Mangone, uh, Sports with Facts, and Big T, right? Like they're going to be betting live through the night and try to run it up as high as, high as they can. So uh, that's going to be a new show coming on sharp side. Make sure you guys tune to that. Uh, I can't even bet, but that's, it's going to be fun to watch man go and lose all his money. Grant. Oh yeah. Good thing. I wouldn't be on that show. Cause it'd be over in about five minutes. Just, <laughs> yeah, you just bet it all in the first thing. 500 bucks. <laughs> bet he misses his free throw. All right, guys, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Make sure to keep your eyes open for that. Uh, all right, we got sharp side out of the way. We told you our lock bet. Let's talk a little bit about the slate, and I guess let's talk about a couple of the highest owned players first. Uh, I've got DraftKings pulled up. Uh, I think the the ownership on these two guys translates over to FanDuel as well. Let me pull up FanDuel. And so we've got Anthony Davis, 71% on FanDuel. We've got him 63% on DraftKings. Uh, I think you would lock him into your cash game. Uh, on both sites pretty easily today. What are your thoughts on him in tournaments? Is there a reason to fade him? Is there someone you would want to fade, uh, use in place of him at that salary? What's your overall thoughts on him? I mean, it's a little bit tough to fade him considering there are so many like cheap options, so many good mid-tier options. Like Just the way the lineup construction goes about in cash, yeah, you play him. In tournaments, I think there's a little bit of validity to fading him, just at that ridiculous mm-hmm. ownership. It's a four-game slate. Anything can happen could get in foul trouble he could get injured it's Anthony Davis we never know what's going to happen but I think like I'm probably going to end up pretty much locking him in just because you need that those raw points or you want those raw points I'm looking at a slate we don't see too many guys that have a good shot at going over 50 I mean there's Whiteside who's still going to come in at 30 percent ownership so it's not like you're getting a massive downgrade there's the bonus who the range of outcomes with Oladipo back in the offense with all the guys that can you have the usage to and the chance that there could be a blood, it could get in foul trouble, any number of things that can happen. Don't really see a ton of upside with him. There's always a chance, but he'd be the only real pivot that you have off of him. Because Davis, you look at his salary, he's at 10.3K. Next closest two guys are McCollum and Sabonis, and McCollum's coming in at 37%, so you're not getting a drastic decrease in ownership. And Sabonis is coming in at 23%. Big decrease in ownership, but with his price tag being where he is, you don't really have too much upside and – you have a decent amount of downside because when Old Depot's in the offense with him, it just lowers his production a decent amount. He can have a massive game at any given time, 
but he can have a lot of those 39-point games. While we expected him to be in low 40s every single game earlier on the season, Old Depot coming into that offense has changed that. And so he's not just this consistent guy that's going to end up between 40 and 45 every single night. His range of outcomes has changed drastically, but it doesn't hit his upside nearly as often as he has in the past. Uh, so, Grant, the, uh, the sharp side prop gods have struck us down. The odds are now currently minus 141, right? Come on, guys, behind the scenes. Finagle the numbers a little bit. Let the people get it down. We need a, we need a new lock bet. You got anything else real quick uh, while we're on that? We can't use Davis. Uh, I, I was scrolling through real quick. You got any other ideas? I mean, so the other one I came up with, I didn't do too much research into it, but it's New York plus seven and a half going up against Philly. I mean, we, they're obviously without Simmons and uh, Embiid. Two of their best players. New York is not a great team, but they have been better on the road than they have at home. I think they're 14, 12, and 1. Gets the spread on the road. They are a like team that has been terrible lately because they are triangulars, but still like seven and a half going up against Philly. I know that they're great at home. They've been horrible on the road, but they've been absolutely fantastic at home. I think there's a spot where the spread's just a little bit too high. I think New York actually might keep it close here. And it's it's the second bet that I was looking at. I don't have other props to go in on. Like, I, I got I got one. So I just got uh, – I pulled up Al Horford. I got his assist prop tonight. It's four and a half to like minus 120-something for you guys. Uh, go ahead and take that. Playing 34, 35 minutes against the Knicks. He's got uh, – he went over that in a couple with Simmons with him beat out for the whole game. I think his assist totals are probably going to jump up a little bit. So uh, – how about some Horford assists there? I know he, he he's sort of that do-it-all player, right, from Boston. And with these guys out, he's just going to be doing a, a lot more facilitating than I think he normally does. Yeah, I think he averages six per 36 without and beat off the floor. But yep. another one, like well, when we get to Randall, we'll talk about it. But Randall under nine and a half rebounds. Like mm-hmm. Randall. Yeah, his, his minutes are a little. Let's, let's go to Randall because I was looking. Oh, look what I got pulled up here, Grant. Talk about being a good host. So I got the Knicks. Uh, last few games pulled up here. So let's talk about Julius Randle because if if you can get the Julius Randle minutes right tonight, I think he's a, either a good play or a good fade. And I don't know. I can't figure out what he's going to do based on these recent couple of games here. So last game, uh, if you pull up on court IQ, right, just 25 minutes, doesn't play in the fourth quarter, and Alonzo Trier closes the game. I'm, I, I think that's probably a one-off. Uh, I don't understand. I think Trier got hot. To I don't think Trier is the reason behind it. Yeah. I, I just, I don't, I don't know. It just wasn't that. Um, then you've got the game before that. It was also a reasonably close game. He ends up playing, uh, where is he on here? 27 minutes. Uh, I think it got a little bit of a blowout here, but he was on his way to playing probably, let me find the guy here. Six. Uh, I don't know, 32 to 33 minutes in this game, if it had remained close. And you go back three games ago, he was out here and he played 29 minutes, didn't play basically at all in the third quarter, but all the starters basically got pulled here as well very early into the third quarter. So I think his minutes took a little bit of a hit there. Uh, I, I don't know. I think he's probably in line. I'm not reading too much into the last game. I think he's probably in line for the 32 to, to 33 minutes I don't know if he is. Um, the biggest thing is Robinson. So the two games where he disappeared or didn't play at all in the fourth quarter, you know what happened there? Mitchie? Yeah. Do you know how many minutes he played to end the game? Like how many of the 
let's just say the last all the starters played the almost the entire fourth quarter yesterday or so, last game. Well, Robinson wasn't the start. Robinson played the last twenty minutes of the last game, and he played the last twenty minutes of the game. Was it before that or two games before that? I can't remember which one it was. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, it was the game before that as well. Yeah, so against uh, Charlotte and against Houston, Mitchell Robinson played the last 20 minutes of the game. You look at Randall and Mitchell Robinson, they play a few minutes together, but generally they're not on the court at the same time. I don't know if it's because they're trying to tank. I don't know exactly what the reason is. Obviously, Houston doesn't have a whole lot of size. Charlotte, it's a little bit different of a scenario. They sat Zeller. Um, I think it was a healthy scratch, and they played Biombo. But even towards the end of the game, they weren't really playing a ton of big guys. Biombo was in there for three, four minutes, and that was pretty much it. But outside of that, they just didn't play a whole lot of size. And so New York, I can't tell if they're trying to get the mismatch or what, but it's a snare. It's I've been looking into Nick's minutes way too much today, way too much. And just going up against Horford, I think this could be a spot. Like I could see it going either way. I think it could go Mitchell Robinson or I think it could go Randall. But I think one of the more likely scenarios is, in fact, that Randall doesn't end up playing at all in the fourth quarter and then they just continue to give Mitchell Robinson 18 minutes, 15 minutes of run to end the game. So for tournaments tonight, I might – like my preliminary plan is to have 50% Mitchell Robinson and 50% Randall. And yeah. then is Bobby the- Portis really going to close every game? I mean, I don't understand. Well, what are the Knicks doing? That that makes no sense. To I think Why they're is trying Bobby to lose. I think they're trying to tank. I get that Bobby Portis was in there. It was Portis, Robinson, Peyton. Yeah. They're just trying to do something different, and I can't really understand what they're trying to do. Yeah, here, here just here's my games. take: is I don't I don't know if you can trust really anything over the past couple of games. I think you can maybe play Mitchell Robinson. I think maybe you can play some Julius Randall from the Knicks tonight. And then you can see also based off the ownership, right? All these other guys, if I was MMEing tonight, I would just blast out every other single Knicks player. I don't think I'd mess with it. What about Peyton? Uh, 7K, I don't know. 7K, yes. But, I mean, it's a four-game slate. He can absolutely get it done. It's not the same defensive matchup that we've seen all year long without Simmons, without Embiid in there. He's going to be able to drive the hoop way easier. He only played 27 minutes in the last game, and he didn't really do a ton, but that's because he got into foul trouble real early. He ended up turning it on later in the game. If it is without Randall later on the game and they give Peyton the entire fourth-quarter run like they have been, then there's a decent chance that he's going to be the main producer in that mm-hmm. offense at that point. I would just go – I would I would find extra money for Brogdon, SGA, Fox, or Chris Paul, right, without question over playing Alfred Payton. Yeah, that's probably a smart move, and that's why Brogdon's <laughs> going to be 10% owned. That's why a guy like SGA is going to be 20% yeah. owned. It's good. Like Wiggins will be 20% owned. You look at the, what is it? Six and a half to seven and a half, seven, six, depending on a Fox play K range. You have Harris, 48% projected ownership, SGA 20, Brogdon 10, but Brogdon's not giving you nearly the ceiling that Peyton is. Like mm-hmm. Brogdon, when was the last time that he hit over 50? Yeah, it's been a while. I was like early in the season. <laughs> yeah, it's been literally months. When's the last time Peyton hit over 50? Let me get a couple a week ago. Uh, I was against Cleveland at the beginning of the month. It's been three weeks, but during that time frame, like prior to the last game, his last five games, 45, 34, 35. I think that one was a blowout. 47, 59. Grant, Grant, here's the thing. They're trying to lose, right? They don't want to play good players. Um, They tried to lose last night. What did they do with Peyton in the fourth quarter? 
that he played the whole fourth quarter, didn't he? Yeah, he played the entire fourth quarter. Peyton may be good for fantasy production, but is he really a guy that's going to be in there to help win? I don't know if he is that much. Yes, they're trying to lose, but they aren't trying to purposely tank. If they're going to try and purposely tank, they might throw Trier in for the entire fourth quarter instead of going with a guy like Barrett. Yes, they have to develop Barrett, but mm-hmm. he's not really producing on the offensive end. They're just giving it to Peyton, they're giving it to Randall, and they're letting them do the entirety of the offense. Turner. Randall, while he was in the game, he before the fourth quarter, his props were, I think, 10 and a half. I know because I had a lot of money on the unders, and I thought it was done for. Uh, his props, I think, were 10 and a half boards and nine, or 20 and a half points. He had 19 and I think nine or 10 prior to. So I thought they were both done for, but mm-hmm. then he didn't come in, in the fourth quarter. Randall's taking up a bunch of the usage, as he does a lot of times, but they're not giving him a run in the fourth quarter, at least over the last two games. I don't know if this trend is going to continue, but it's a four-game slate. We have to look to do something a little bit different. Randall, of the 7K guys, has the second lowest ownership outside of Peyton. Randall plays the fourth quarter. He has one of the best shots of winning you a tournament out of all these guys because of his low ownership and his potential upside. Mitchell Robinson is coming in at 8% ownership. Mm -hmm. If he gets the same run in the second half as he has the last two games, he has 40-point upside. You can pivot off of Horford to him, and there's a lot of ways that Mitchell Robinson outscores Horford. I'm probably going to play both. Here's another one, right? The other one is Turner. So uh, this was from... Uh, who is this in chat? Ty Miller in the YouTube chat. Hi, YouTube, right? Click the like button, right? And like Archie says in chat, so we can just keep talking. Uh, if You know, Turner is going to be pretty popular, especially after, you know, his unsustainable 10 blocks plus steals last night, right? Uh, would you go to a guy? I, I would easily, I, I think I could easily play Robinson over Turner. Yeah, Bobby's there in the chat telling me there's no point in them. No value in tanking. They have their first round pick next year, don't they? I think it's just the the players just suck. Um, Knicks have the option to swap the twenty twenty one first round pick with the Clippers. Mm. I think that's what they currently have, but they currently have their first pick, uh, so they have the ability to swap, which they're not going to do. I mean, tanking may not be completely active. Bobby, go ahead and tell me. Yeah, Bobby, by the way, but. <laughs> I mean, they're not obviously not trying to do anything. Bought out Morris. They are not trying to win games. They're clearly clearly on a terrible skid. I think they've what lost seven straight. One of Randall. Or, all this to say, Payton's a fantastic tournament play, and one of Robinson or Randall is going to crush in this spot. But as when I've said that before in the past with the Knicks, they always screw me over no matter what. It, it always happens. I'll keep trying, but. Yeah, I think one of them is going to be a great play. Randall or Robinson is going to be in every single one of my lineups. I like Robinson. Now let's go to the other side of that game, right? Philadelphia, because this this is the good part of tonight. This is one where we're all licking our lips. Uh, we got Al Horford, 5,200, going to get a nice boost in minutes and production with Joel Embiid out. You've got Tobias Harris, who's been producing night in, night out, basically big numbers, of course, except that last game sort of – Shot a little bad. Maybe all the rebounds weren't there, but he can contribute across the board. He can hit some threes. He's going to play a lot of minutes against the Knicks tonight. And then you've got Josh Richardson, who really lit it up uh, in the in the last game shooting. What are we doing, you know, with these guys? Maybe we can rank them. I think I like uh, – I think it would probably be, for me, Horford, 
Richardson Harris, you do have quite a bit of money tonight. So I like those. And then you've got some of the peripheral pieces, right? You've got Shake Milton played a lot of minutes, you know, really return value 35 DraftKings points last game out and his price didn't even rise at all, right? Because Embiid got injured in game. So he's interesting. Uh, and then you've got all these wings here, which one of Thibel, Korkmaz, Burks, Ends up getting a lot of minutes. Corkman started the second half in the last game. So maybe he gets the start in this one. I'm, I'm not really too sure on that one. Uh, but but I think Shake's pretty good. How, how do you rank sort of the, the the Philadelphia value here for the people? It's Horford 1, and he's the guy that I don't think he's, that I'm – He's got the full rainbow of tags here on Lineup HQ. Today. Yeah, well, I mean, he he's too cheap. Like, he averages, what, almost 40 points per game without uh, – Embiid and Simmons on the floor or 40 points per 39 like he's should absolutely hit value like he's 5.2k Harris sitting there in the high sevens is a little bit different over on FanDuel play him both just play him just don't don't overthink things just play him it's that simple but over on DK it's a little bit different like both of them have similar fantasy production off the with these guys off the floor but Horford is way cheaper. I mean, he might get a few less minutes, but Horford is way cheaper. Harris, there's a little bit of decision-making to do. You have Chris Paul coming in at half the ownership at 400 more. I get their different positions, but like the way that line construction is going to go, you can, they'll just put plug in different guards, but you can go with Paul. You can go with Fox. If he ends up playing has just as much upside. Harris, what is his upside? Really? It's probably 55, but his chance of hitting that upside is not as great as people think. Like on the season, I think he has two or three uh, over fifty point games. It's a, yeah, I don't know on the shorter slate, right? He he's shown multiple forties. I think that's fine from seventy five hundred on the short slate. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's fine. But uh, where are the chances that SGA outscores him by ten? Mm-hmm. Like that—that's what you're kind of looking for. You're looking for guys that can outscore him by ten, which is why I love Elf on this slate. Elf's floor is probably about eight points lower, nine points lower. Um, but his ceiling is probably about the same, if not maybe slightly higher. Like his chances of hitting the ceiling are probably about the same as Harris. It's just the floor is what you're forgoing. But Peyton's coming there at 3% ownership. Any number of things can happen to Harris in this spot here. He can run bad like he did in the last game and not end up doing that great just because he has a bad shooting night. It can literally happen to anyone. It happened to him against Milwaukee a few games ago, happened to him against Cleveland. He can have off shooting nights, especially when he's one of the main focuses on the offense. If you're not playing him, though, I think that's when, like, you can still play Horford. You can play them together. That's not a problem at all. Horford's cheap enough. But if you're not playing Harris, not only do you pivot to a guy like Peyton, to a guy like Brogdon, to a guy like Paul, or even Randall, but you also have to figure out, all right, if Harris isn't getting it done, if he's not shooting well, who's going to be the main beneficiary? And, yeah, you have Shake Melton, who gets a massive upgrade anytime that he's on the floor without guys like Embiid and Simmons. He can put up a big game. I think he averages 34 per 36, so about a point per minute. So he's a guy that you can very much look at, but he's going to draw some ownership. It's currently sitting at 13%, which with his price tag makes about sense, but – Corkman's, we've seen him go off for a massive game. And Burks, they still haven't fully entrenched him in this offense, but it's been so much in flux based on injuries since he's gotten to the team. We saw in Brooklyn, I think that was – was that the game where Simmons got injured? I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw him get 29 pin- minutes. 
We haven't seen that since. They've been going with Melton, but they've also had Embiid on the floor. Burks is a guy that can create his own shot, that can do stuff in the offense when they don't really have a whole lot of other options. I'm not going to be surprised if Burks gets more run in this game just because they're going to need someone to do something in the offense. Yes, he wasn't terrible or a whole lot in the rotation in the last game, but this game is going to be a different story because they know they're coming into this game on the second end of a back-to-back, and they know they're going to be without Embiid. Mm -hmm. So this is a spot where Tobias might be tired, Horford might be tired, and they might not be able to get it all done. So they're going to need to get offense from somewhere. Yes, Richardson can shoot, and yes, Richardson can do a few things. But you can't just fully rely on three guys. And Richardson hasn't shot over 40% from the field in, what, five games? Mm -hmm. He's not doing great right now. They're going to need offense from somewhere. They need to win. It's in Philly. It's probably – better chance that they win because it's an automatic win when they're in Philly. Yeah. It's just a little (laughs) bit different when they are without and being without and Simmons. It's also Mm -hmm. a little bit different because they're playing the Knicks should be way easier, but they're going to need to find production from somewhere. Um, I think that like, if you're not playing Harris, you play one to two of Milton, Corkmans, Burks, Horford, or even a guy like Glenn Robinson saying there at 3.1 K. Yes. I'm not expecting a ton out of him. But the way that this rotation can go on the second end of a back-to-back can be different. And when he's in the game, he can have a lot of usage sitting there at 3.1K. Maybe a different story if Joseph ends up starting because if Fox gets ruled out. But that's just kind of where I'm looking at right now. Like, I'm looking at a lot of these other players that aren't Harris and Let me me ask you a couple of questions here, right? So chat has given a couple of good ones I want to ask one. The first is... I'm going to do my question first, and then I'll get to chat. So if you're making a tournament team, either hand-built or in lineup HQ, would you play Harris, Horford, and Richardson all in the same lineup? I think to me that that's just a very, very popular combo of three players, and I think – You said over on FanDuel? This is on – I mean, any site, right? Like, would you make a tournament team with Harris, Horford, and Richardson on it tonight? Three of the most popular players all together from the same team. I don't think I'm doing all three. Like, yeah. the chances of all three getting you tournament value are not great. I mean, it's not like the Knicks Especially run. Especially of, like, the stud players, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, it's grand, they're still not priced so much. It can absolutely happen. They can all smash their, their value, whatever our smash percentage is. They, they, they all have a chance of all three of them hitting it. But Knicks, not really great on the defensive end, or not really great at pace of play. They're not great on defense, so there still can be some points scored. And, yes, there has to be some usage to go around. But you look at the usage in this offense without Embiid and Simmons, and there's still a lot of guys that can eat up. Yes, Harris and Richardson are the two main ones, but Shake can come in there and eat up a bunch of the usage. Burks can. Horford will get it done in all areas. Again, I'm just going to probably play 100% Horford. But Burks and Shake can both get it done a little bit, like, there's other guys that can eat up a bit of the usage and Richardson has not been shooting well. So I don't think I would go Harris Richardson and Horford. I think I'd go Horford and one of them in tournaments on FanDuel because of the way FanDuel is and it's infuriating and pricing. I would probably be fine with playing all three of them, but mm-hmm. over on DraftKings, over on fantasy draft, I don't think it's the optimal move if you're trying to take down a tournament, maybe a smaller field tournament, but a bigger field tournament it's, probably not going to happen because there are so many other plays on this slate that are just direct pivots that can end up drastically outscoring them. Uh, let's move on. I want to let's talk Portland here, right? Cause they're going up against Indiana. They're on, um, you know, they're on the road here. They're without 
see or uh, Damian Lillard and Indiana Indiana's favored by almost ten right now. What are we doing with McCollum? So you know our, our lineup HQ our projections have him at forty six draft DraftKings points. I, I manually bumped him up a little bit because I, I just think he's. I mean, he's popped off for more than that with one huge ceiling game against Detroit not too long ago. He's playing like 37, 38 minutes a night here. He's 9K, right? If, if you're playing, I mean, you can play Davis and C.J. McCollum pretty easy. They're the two, uh, I think they're the two highest priced players on the DraftKings slate tonight. Let me see. Sabonis is higher. Yeah, Sabonis is up there too. But uh, what are you doing with a guy like McCollum? 43% ownership, right? This is the, the tough on the road against Indiana. West Coast to East Coast type of trip here. Do you think he's worth all the ownership he's getting? I I say yes. Yeah, I mean he's just going to take so many shots. He's going to be in the game for so long. Like the usage is there, the minutes are there, and that's what we want, especially with a guy like McCollum. So I'm probably going to be slightly higher than the field, not a ton, but he's definitely a guy that's going to be in my belt, and he's guard eligible. Like a lot of the guys I'm looking at are forward, center eligible, so. He's definitely a guy that I probably will end up with a decent amount of. I don't really have a strong take either way. Wouldn't be surprised if I was just right at the field with him. Um, but there's not really much to say. He t- has crazy usage at without Lillard in this offense. Mm-hmm. It's not a good matchup, but that really doesn't matter a ton for him. He's not going to kill you in all likelihood. He can absolutely go for 60, even in a tough matchup against Indy. So I just don't have a real like just a do it all twenty two plus shot attempts and at least ten assists in each of the past three games and one of them he was a rebound to shy of a triple double chucking threes getting to the free throw line I mean I don't care who he's up against right now I think he's he's probably like a ten k player on DraftKings to me and we're getting him a nine k so I like him the rest of Portland let's let's hash this out so Whiteside. Looks to be like the probably not going to be the reason you lose type of player. Uh, I don't know if has he has like the 55, 60, but at his price rate, he's 8,800. You don't even need that. He's not even like the 92 or 9,700 he was a couple of games ago. I think he's probably on your cash team if you can, can fit him in there. I think he's a pretty good play. The other peripheral guys so you got Carmelo who takes 14 shots but makes like none of them and does nothing else and gets you 20 fantasy points but when his shot goes in he shoots 69 percent nice uh he gets 41 fantasy points so how do you handle the Carmelo Anthony and then you have the anti-Carmelo Anthony Trevor Ariza who never shoots the ball but can contribute in the other categories as well which one of these two dudes would you rather play tonight Uh, I think it's Melo um we're looking at his usage, everything without Lillard on the floor, and he gets a bit of a bump. Like without Lillard on the floor, he gets a four point six percent usage bump. He gets a bump in points. He gets a bump, bump in free or attempts. He gets a bump in a lot of things, but he doesn't get a drastic bump in overall production, um, which is something that I don't really expect to continue. He's been terrible recently without Lillard on the floor. He had that game against Memphis where he went one for 15. I think Lillard was off the floor there. He's not been shooting great recently, but he's taking the shot attempts. 14, 16, 17, 15, 16, 14 in the last six games. Like, the shot attempts are going to be there. 
he's still a good enough shooter where at any given night he can have a night like he did going up against Detroit. The minutes are there. I actually like him as a tournament play. I don't think his ownership is high enough, sitting around 19% over on DK. I think that he's a good tournament play. I think that you could potentially pivot off of Horford to him, but that's probably not something I'm going to do. Uh, I want to ask you on Trent Jr., who is just someone – he goes out there and doesn't really do anything. There's very little usage. Um, and if he's not taking 10 shots and shooting well, right, the, the peripherals for Trent Jr. just aren't really there, right? Three steals, you know, he, he needs those steals to really have fantasy value. And even last game, right, three steals, still just 15 DraftKings points because there's not a lot. He does soak up some minutes, is likely to play probably 32 to 34 minutes I think pretty easily tonight but I just I don't know if I want that I know he's 4100 and he lets you get some guys but not someone I'm really too interested in rostering uh, against Indiana tonight I've lowered his projection I lowered his minutes just to sort of get him out of the optimal lineups get him out of some of the tournament lineups what's your what's your take on him he's got reasonable ownership he's someone I think in the four game slates, right? You gotta, you know, x a couple guys out of your your tournament builds, and I would have no problem just not having any Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, I'm not seeing a ton of upside, um, like oh, overall for this slate. I mean, looking at his price tag, like you said, he's 4.1k. Who else do we have in that range? We have Shake slightly higher. We oh, have yeah, Rondo. I take Shake for sure. Yeah, we have Rondo slightly lower. We have Burks just barely higher. That's potential play. We have Corkmans another guy that's just a few hundred more. I don't see any reason to go with Gary Trent Jr. on this. Well, Portis is getting extra minutes now too. Kuzma, right? There's just there's so many guys I'd rather play over Trent, even if they're not at the same position. I think we we can agree on that one. Um, so we'll put that one to rest. And then Ariza, don't sleep on him. His ownership's pretty reasonable. Um, a little volatile, right? He had the bad game a couple nights ago, kind of moved people off of him. Then he bounces right back, contributes across the board, and drops 34 on you for $4,800 tonight. So um, definitely I, w- I would play Ariza over Trent like 100 out of 100 times. I would find that extra $700. So if, if you were trying to make that choice tonight, I would go Ariza over Trent. And then a, a couple of the peripheral guys not too interested in on Portland. Uh, I, I guess we can go – I think the other game we really need to talk about first is the Lakers game, right? We talked on Anthony Davis. He was our lock bet till it got too good uh, on sharp side. But there's a lot of other value on the Lakers tonight, and it starts with Rondo, and he's carrying 60% ownership. Now, I'm not uh, – I don't have the time. Actually, I probably could MME after this show, right? we got a little bit of time. Uh, 60% ownership on Rondo, 63% on Davis. Which one would you be more likely to have 100% of? It's, it's absolutely Rondo. Um, I, right, because the, point the, the points are so good – the point per dollar, right? When you start getting these now, it didn't work out, right? With Jacob Poto last night, the point per dollar gods, they did not like us. And if you were able to late swap once he wasn't starting, you got really a, a huge edge on the field. But these huge point per dollar plays at low salary when they have extra production, right? Like these are, if you're MMEing or you're making hand building teams, uh, I, I would be much more apt like you to hit the lock button on round one. Yeah, I, I don't know why anyone wouldn't. I mean, I mean, there's apparently 40% of the field isn't going to. Yeah, some people make bad choices. Yeah, so like I went to the dentist today, good choice. People are going to play, not going to play Rondo, bad choice. Um, going to the dentist, what's the point of it? 
listen, my teeth feel good. Listen, when you hadn't been there in a while and they pick everything out, feels Let's good. Get some activated charcoal toothpaste. It'll strip I got, your I, teeth I got of all that. I got all that stuff. Let's uh let's transition to the peripheral Laker players, right? The Danny Green, the KCP, the Avery Bradley, the Kyle Kuzma, because one if not two of those guys is probably going to have a pretty big game tonight, right? Now everyone's already playing Rondo and everyone's already playing Anthony Davis. Do you think you could make a lineup with Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma in addition to those two tonight? I actually think you probably can. You can. I'd be probably, I wouldn't be happy about it, but yeah, either one of them, like if Davis doesn't take down a tournament, that means that, some of these other guys are doing something. Like I think Kuzma would be the most likely one or Danny Green, but someone's going to do something. Um, could be Rondo. Very easily could just be Rondo going off for a ridiculous night. But Kuzma, Green, probably not KCP, but maybe. Like any of these guys are fine plays. The problem is I think I'd rather take shots at drastically less ownership on the Philly cheap guys. I mean, they're slightly more expensive. I think I'm just locking in Rondo, probably – close to if not locking in Davis and then just taking my shots on fading the Philly guys because I think that's a more likely scenario that Tobias doesn't end, and Josh Richardson don't end up crushing and some of the Philly ancillary pieces that end up going off I don't feel real great about guys like Kuzma Green Caldwell Pope Caruso Bradley I don't feel good about any of these guys really I'm going back so let's see LeBron missed his first game of the season, it was against Denver here, right? And some guy I really like tonight's Kyle Kuzma. And in that game, this was on the 22nd, uh, Kuzma, 26 fantasy points. Still just 21 minutes. I, I, I could go try to find that game in court IQ. But what are your thoughts? If Kuzma, he's the lowest owned of sort of the ancillary Lakers pieces tonight. Yeah, he's also kind of trash. Um, I, I know he's not the greatest player in the world, but when if he can hit 22 minutes, right, I think he has the ability to play like 20. If, if he's shooting well, right, he can get 24, 25 minutes in this. I think he's a, a reasonable play. And then I think you like Danny Green obviously went off last game with a full stat line. Those those are great to get from him. I, I, I think if I was MMEing and, and I was making a group, I don't think I'd play more than two of – like Green, Pope, Bradley, Kuzma, Caruso, basically all in the same lineup. I think I'd limit it to that, but I think a couple of the ancillary pieces are going to have themselves a good night tonight. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, – I just – I don't have a strong take on this. Like, it, it's pretty much that simple. I don't really have a strong take, so mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I can't tell you Danny Green over KCP over Avery Bradley. I think Bradley's probably on the outside looking into me. Mm-hmm. I'm not uh, I think I'd rather, yeah, I think that. I'd rather play green or Pope. And uh, I don't know, whichever one has the good game has the good game. I don't think anybody can actually predict it. And you can sort of tell, right? Their ownerships are exactly the same. If you're making a couple of lineups and you have one, make the other lineup and put the other one in because I think they both have a, a pretty good chance. And then I, I just want to stress, don't sleep on Kuzma. I think Kuzma has a chance to have a reason. What about uh, Morris? I don't know. I'm, I'm out on him. I'm just – I mean, but a, how is like – they have a lot of bodies. Like, my biggest thing is I don't think I'm pl- – outside of maybe Kuz or Danny Green, I'm not really playing any of the ancillary pieces. And it's because without LeBron in there, yes, there's going to be more usage to go around, and yes, there's going to be more minutes. Rondo's going to pick up a bunch of the usage, and he's sitting there at 3.5K. Davis is sitting at 10.3K and is going to 
eat up most of that. But the minutes, like with Morris now in town, like Biggs, Howard, uh, McGee are just going to eat up most of it, and Davis will play the five in the other minutes, which might not – they might not need either of those guys, and they couldn't go smaller since going up against Golden State. I think Draymond's now playing, but like not really needed. Guards, we have Green, we have Pope, we have Bradley, all of them in there, eat, and Rondo, eating up every all the minutes with Rondo getting the majority of them. Then – on the wings, like we have Kuz. Yes, Kuz can get some minutes. Kuz can eat up some usage. Kuz can do a whole lot of things. But now with Morris being in there, don't be surprised if he eats into Kuzma's production and eats into some of his minutes. Kuzma has not been great for a while there. He's just looking terrible. And he's not getting any ancillary stats like boards, assists, anything, really. When he's in there, he's in there for about 25 minutes. And even without LeBron there, I don't think his usage is going to go up that drastically. He's not great. They know that they are probably going to give Morris a little bit more run considering this is a game in which they're favored by 10. And this is a game that they are probably going to win fairly easily. They're not worried about their placing in the playoffs. They're not worried about a lot of things. They want guys to be healthy and they want guys to be entrenched in the offense. So Kuzma is probably not going to be a huge part of their offense like the guards are or like O'Bron or Davis. So I wouldn't be surprised if Morris eats into his minutes more. Uh, on the flip side of that, right, we're going to have Dream on Green coming back for Golden State. It just really muddies the waters on the Warriors. How are you handling them? I think the the Lee, Green, Jordan Poole, right, they're all priced enough where you can get some of them. I don't know if any one in particular really stands out. I think if I was trying to play a Warrior, right, if I'm playing AD and Rondo and I'm playing, you know, Danny Green, right, I'm expecting the Lakers to to put up a lot of points, I probably want the Warriors to to have a reasonable chance of scoring some points tonight too. I think I'd I'd try to run a lineup like that back with Wiggins or run it back with like Lee or maybe Chris or somebody like that. Do you have a specific standout from the Warriors you're interested in? I really don't. I mean, Wiggins would be the most likely candidate, um, but really, it's not a great matchup for them. They don't have a high implied team total. Like Poole's going to get minutes. Lee's going to get minutes. Wiggins going to get minutes. Chris Green, like there's a lot of guys that are going to get minutes. Even some of the like lower price guys, Bowman, Anderson, Looney, all these guys are going to get minutes. So generally in a game where you're using Anthony Davis, Rondo, Danny Green, you're not outside of Davis. You're really not taking up a whole lot of your salary. Mm-hmm. So it's more advantageous to stack in a game like that when you're playing, let's say. James and Davis, you're taking up a ton of your salary, but you're not doing that in this scenario because of how cheap Rondo is. So this game can end up blowing out and the golden state side in a tough matchup going up against the Lakers, even without LeBron is not going to be great. So Wiggins is the affordably placed guy at 7.2 K Chris will play some minutes, but he can get into some foul trouble. He's still going to draw near 10% ownership. Draymond, Draymond and pool, like at their price tags, Yes, they offer some upside, but it's not like you're getting them at very low ownership. So you can play any of those three. I'd probably rank them Wiggins, Green, Poole, but I'm not real excited about playing any of them. I'd rather take a shot on guys from other games. And obviously, we haven't even talked about the De'Aaron Fox. Would, would you – so I, I guess here, here's a, like a rule I would set up. Right? I would probably do something like if Wiggins, probably like three Lakers or something like that, right? So, like, to make sure I'm getting a bunch of Lakers because the only reason I'm going to want to play Wiggins in a tournament is maybe that game stays close and, and, you know, it's a high-scoring game. Or maybe you can even do something like that with Dream on Green where if you're playing those guys, you're just playing a bunch of Lakers. Hopefully the game stays close. Something like 
that. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely do that. But even if the game doesn't stay close, like even in a blowout, Wiggins can put up enough shots where mm-hmm. he ends up getting there. Draymond can get enough of ancillary stats to end up getting there as 5.5K price tag. So I don't even – like, yes, I'd be more apt to use Dray- Draymond Wiggins in lamps where I already have three Lakers just in case it stays close, but I don't think it's a full-on necessity. All right, let's go to the Sacramento game here. We'll talk about this one. We'll take a couple questions, not just yet, but start thinking about them, and I'll let you know in, I don't know, five or ten minutes, start chucking them into chat. Um, you know, we're waiting on Fox here. Is he played? Does he not play, right? He's questionable. What do, you, what do you think? He got the midday addition to the injury report. This is sort of a big thing. It's an 8 o'clock game. I'm, I'm hoping at like 6.30 – Usually around 90 minutes out, we get something like that. How are you handling that? I think you could, at least in, uh, you know, if you're MMEing, you could just play some Fox and you can late swap, right? Because you're only going to have this Knicks-Philly game. And while the, you know, the Sixers will lead up uh, quite a few of your roster spots, I think there's enough going on. So if I was making teams right now, I would just play as De'Aaron Fox was going to play. And then I would late swap around uh, and, and try to take advantage of the salary after if he doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out. Like, everyone's kind of, like, I'm trying to figure things out. Yes, they don't have a great defensive or a great matchup. Only 106 implied total. If Fox doesn't end up playing, though, then the most expensive guy on the team is Buddy at 6.1K. So you have to assume that guys are going to play minutes and guys are probably going to do something. Giles is the interesting one. He didn't get his fourth-year contract picked up, so that's why they were so hesitant to play him for so long. But without Bagley in there and without Holmes in there, they're now three, four games back from Memphis because they kind of gave up on things. And then they won seven of their last ten. Memphis lost six of their last ten. San Antonio lost seven, and there was one other team that's right above them that is tapered off. So now they're actually back in the playoff hunt. They haven't been in the playoffs in a while. Yes, it would hurt their draft stock, but that doesn't really matter as much considering this is a team that really hasn't been to the playoffs for a while, at least not much in the last 10 years. So Giles is now getting minutes. The guy's a decent per-minute producer in a lot of scenarios and can rack up huge amounts of boards, lots of points in a very short period of time. He's sitting there at 5.5K, and he's going to come in at no ownership at all because that's too expensive. But over on other sites, he's going to draw a little bit of ownership, but it's still pretty cheap. Over on Yahoo, he's 14 bucks. Over on FanDuel, he's 4.5K. He's a guy that you can pivot off of other guys because he still has some upside. There's a chance that he gets 30 minutes, and in 30 minutes, he can still put up 40 points. At his price tag over on other sites, I think that he's a viable play. Over on DraftKings, I'd be looking at more Bielitsa. Again, with all the injuries, if Fox ends up mixed, missing, maybe he gets an uptick in usage. I know we run plate IQ and or court IQ, and it doesn't really show that much of a usage uptick for him. But he's still a guy that we've seen put up high 40s, low 50s in games before. They're probably going to need him for a lot of minutes. They're going to need a size. They're going to need him to do something in the spot here. I know he's been trashed recently, and that's going to just drastically decrease his ownership. I think that he's a very good tournament play on this slate. And if you just look at his game logs, he shot terribly over the last four games. Prior to that, he was putting up 30 points a game and actually shooting decent. With Fox out, I'll be an uptick in his total shot attempts, and he could still get all those ancillary stats, even against a good defensive team in OKC. Um, so I pulled up court IQ. Some of you guys should know this, right? So is it is it easy if Fox out, then Corey Joseph? I don't even know if it's that easy tonight. 
Well, I mean, it's not really that easy because it's a it's a different scenario entirely. They've had injuries all throughout the season, different players coming in and out. You have to look at the certain situations without Fox on the floor. Corey Joseph's usage is going to go and assist rate is going to go up and down based on who's on the floor. So if you want to, one of the easy one of the things that you can do, I don't know if we're going to have a massive sample size of it, but you can put Deadman off, you can put uh, Holmes off, you can put Bagley off, and mm-hmm. you can put uh, Fox off. It'll give him similar guys to what he's used to yeah, working It's with. Buddy, it's Bogdanovich. Those are the guys that really pop once you take all the guys off the court. Yeah, it's those two that pop, but um, it's also the way that the rotations have gone. Like, Corey Joseph still has the largest amount of minutes because he's mostly working with second teamers. So mm-hmm. if we edit this, we don't know exactly what the starting lineup will be. Maybe Buddy Hyde moves back into the starting lineup, but I don't know if that's true. But with both those guys on the floor, we see that Joseph goes down to 22 minutes per or 22 points per 36. In which case, if he's going to be chalk, if we get the news far enough ahead of time, people are going to play a ton of him. So fading him becomes a very like good, good thing to do because he can absolutely destroy our hopes and dreams. Mm -hmm. He can absolutely do that. We've seen it so many times before, but like running all the court IQ stuff, he's still not a good point per minute producer in any scenario. So even if he's going to get the minutes, which they can also do weird things, um, they can put in that Kyle guy. I just wanted to say that because that's his name. And it made me <laughs> chuckle every time. What, what about Bazemore? Chat's talking about Bazemore. He's got 30-plus minutes in two straight games. He's he's closed the last two games. I would imagine he probably closes tonight. I, I don't know. I think 20 minutes might be a tad low if you boost him up to 30 minutes. It doesn't change his projection too much, but he's been playing well. The price is probably a little more than you. You know, the 4300 Ken Bazemore sounds a lot nicer than the $4,700 Ken Bazemore. But, I mean, the, the price has to go up after you have a couple of good games in a row. Yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, he just he's going to be there for a while. Um, if I remember correctly, he's got – four-year contract they just signed yeah he's closed the last two games or no he's at the latter end of his fourth-year contract so he's not going to be so they're just kind of running him out there and they have a lot of young players uh, got that the opposite in my head I don't hate it like they'll give him minutes especially in a spot where they need someone like they are still trying to get into the playoffs they're still trying to win so yeah at that price tag there's a lot of guys in that price tier he's got moderate ownership but i don't know if i don't know if i'd rather go with him than some of the fil- our 76ers guys yeah i think i i'm okay having you know he's nine percent right in theory i think that's probably about right uh, i wouldn't mind having a little more he's not someone you have to have like 50 percent exposure to on the night or anything like that but uh, I, I don't mind him if he's uh your last guy and like uh any sort of tournament team you're making to get a little bit of low ownership on a four game slate i think he's he's just fine tonight. so uh, and then OKC, let's go over to that one, right? This one's pretty simple. It's the top. It's the guys you know. It's Dennis Schroeder, Gallinari, Adams, Alexander, CP3. Uh, you know, I did the early show, the pregame on Wednesday, and that was looking back at Tuesday. And I, I basically thought everybody that played Gallinari in a tournament, right, he was a really good cash game play, but dude just doesn't really belong on too many tournament teams. I think even on a four-game slate, uh, I would probably pass on him pretty easily at 6,300. You've got the known quantities in CP3 and SGA, but their prices are high. You've got Adams, who's just beasting out nonstop right now. 
uh, posting massive lines every single night. Uh, I think he's can, can certainly have a good game against Sacramento here. And then Schroeder is like the cheap, the cheap piece who certainly, right. He hasn't had the 40 fantasy point games recently, but it wasn't too long ago. He had a couple of them all in a row and he can still get there. No problem. Any single night. I think I would rank my tournament expect, or, you know, the, the guys I'm most interested in, uh, I would take Schroeder, SGA, Adams, CP3, and then Gallinari almost doesn't even exist to me in tournaments tonight. Yeah, I think Adams is probably my favorite. Um, just not popping in projection systems. Been putting up big numbers recently, even in not great minutes, but he's just been doing it. So, going all right, here, I got to jump in here. Fox just got ruled out. So let's go back to Sacramento here. And one, these ownerships are going to go – Scott, well, I don't even know sky high, but they're certainly going to go up here. So let's Buddy's spend. definitely going to go up. Let's, Bogdanovich let's, is going to go up. Joseph's going to skyrocket up. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, Davis, mm-hmm. Rondo, Joseph, uh, McCollum teams. Like I think that's going to be the obvious chalk to go to, and so you can pay it for everyone. I'm going to throw. I'm just. Uh, I'm thinking off the top of my head here, guys. So don't hold me to these. Um, I'm just throwing in some extra projections. Buddy's really probably going to go up. Uh, I'm going to about 34. Um, let me just see here off top on some projections right now. Buddy, Buddy starts popping in optimals. Corey Joseph starts popping in optimals. Bogdan starts popping in optimals. Are you are you in agreement that we should really be focusing on Sacramento tonight? Now, I don't know. I think a lot of people are going to do it since we've done since the news came out far enough ahead of time, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just trying to f- – Bogdanovich is probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Buddy doesn't get a drastic increase. Uh, like 3.1 for Corey Joseph is very – like, the, yeah, you know, it, it's it going to be him, him, Rondo, right? Like, let's just here let me, – let me just start plugging in some dudes. It's going to be him. It's going to be Rondo, right? So if you're making this team, you're going to play Anthony Davis – Right. Let's see who who else are we going to play on this team. We got to get some Sixers in here, right? We got to get Horford yeah, in. Yeah, going Horford Harris. We got money for Whiteside, and we can get McCollum in, and we still have plenty of money, right? Like this is what a lot of people's tournament teams and cash teams are going to look like tonight. For cash, right? Perfect. Um, tournament. If your team looks like this, you're going to want to scroll down the ownership to sort of fill out the other two spots. I think. Yeah. Well, Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. 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 I mean, looking at uh, the cash game build is fairly obvious. Um, Yeah. It's probably pretty much the guys we said. Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't guys, if you didn't get the the sharp side, you can't lock Fox, right? If he doesn't play, it doesn't count, but go, uh, go start locking some of the overs on points for some of the other. I'll look at it right now. Um, It's loading. Obviously. What about a monkey knife fight? Get over there, start hammering anything that doesn't have fox in it. Start hammering it. <laughs> yeah, uh, take the over. Uh, the, the, we don't have too many. I guess Harrison Barnes over thirteen and a half points is probably a decent, yeah. decent one right now. Would be my any, guess. Over any on the those, side. Any of those over points on the Sacramento guys? I think you could get. Uh, all right, guys, chat. I'm going to open it up to you for the final five minutes here. Don't forget, sharp side. Go over there, get your streak up, get some uh, free money if you get over five in a row there. Uh, if you like single entries, 
we got the FanDuel single entry series happening over there. Go find that in your lobby. And also, don't forget, we've got the RG badge promo if you preload the RG avatar into DraftKings or FanDuel and place high on a certain tournament and fill in the little thing Devin's going to drop on the YouTube chat. If you happen to place high in a tournament, we will give you a month of Roto-Grinders premium for the low, low price of free 50 grand, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. QQs. Uh, let's see. A couple have come in here. Uh, do you think Caruso is a good choice? Uh, I didn't mind him as like an absolute dart throw, low owned play on tonight's slate. I, I just, you know, we, we got all this extra little mid-tier plus Corey Joseph value on Sacramento. He's only 1% owned, but to me, that's 1% of the field paying rate tonight, Grant. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Like, yeah, there's too many other cheap guys that should. Like, he's nope. not going to win you with GPP. He may not lose you, but he may he's not going to win. Uh, Brogdon and Rondo. I think Brogdon is just. I, I think on Fanduel, he's much more in play on Fanduel yeah. than than he is on DraftKings. Correct. Yeah, I'd much rather go with Peyton than Brogdon over on DK. Yeah, and Rondo, of course, Rondo's going to be in everybody's lineup tonight. Gridiron. Uh, so yes, I think Rondo is probably. If, you, if you're choosing between cheap point guards, it's still clearly Rondo over Corey Joseph for me as well, if anyone was worrying about that. Uh, Chad Scott want to know, TJ Warren, is he in play or do his minutes get eaten into? Uh, I'm a little worried. I think um, maybe our projection is just a, a tad high on him tonight. He's 6K with Oladipo back, uh, with that front court healthy. I, I'm not really on TJ Warren tonight. Do you have any thoughts on him? Uh I don't mind the play, but I'm, I, yeah, it's just not great. It's not terrible. I could see any of the Sixers doing something, but out of all the Sixers, I think he's probably my favorite just because of the fact that he's been putting up some big games recently. Obviously, with everyone in the lineup, he could get his minutes eaten into. Any number of things can happen, but he definitely has some upside just based on what he's done recently. So, and Are I, you on Oladipo at all? I'm just – I'm out on Oladipo. The injury he had just – it's killed him. He's not going to be the same player till next year. I'm just I'm completely out yeah. on Oladipo. I don't at his current price tag, like maybe over on FanDuel, but on DraftKings at 6.2K, he's not. He does not have the upside. Even in all the games that he's played, he's probably shooting I think 35% on the season. If he shot 60% in any of those games, he still wouldn't have made tournament value there as price tag. Um, Bogdanovich or Schroeder? Uh, Bogdanovich now, probably. I think I would play Bogdanovich as well on that particular. Uh, even if it was a cash team, I would play Bogdanovich, and I think I would probably put him in a tournament as well. Uh, let's see here. Is Someone's there... asking list of players that are locked. Horford, Richardson, uh, Harris, Rondo, Rondo, and Davis are yeah. the ones that are locks, are actual locks. Yeah, you can I, – I Not for tournaments, but for cash. I don't know. I think in tournaments you could probably get most of them in there, although I don't think I'd play the three Sixers guys all in the same Yeah, lineup. you don't want all five of those in every single lineup. Yeah. Four of those fives is probably where you want to go, and two of the three Phillies. You want uh, or not Phillies. Kyle O'Quinn in tournaments. I mean, I understand why everyone gets fascinated with him because even in 15 minutes, right, if he gets there, he can have 35 fantasy points. But he's just – he's not needed tonight. It's Kyle O'Quinn revenge, right? It it could be, yeah, but I'm just – A few years removed. I'm not interested in that tonight. Yeah, I'm not either. Um, Bobby Bobby Portis is starting tonight. (laughs) Son of a – These Knicks. 
Well, like this is this is this makes it hard. They'll probably get into it on crunch time, but I, I like. I, I think Mitchell Robinson's still a fantastic tournament. Hopefully player. he closes. But anyway, guys, we got crunch time coming up at six thirty. Open up your Discord to get the chat ready for that. You got to be in Discord to chat with Meansy and uh, with Roth on crunch time. Grant, it's been fun, dude. We got to get out of here. Uh, thanks to everybody for watching. Click the like button on YouTube on your way out, people. I'm Britt, and we out you. See you, kids.